so good to welcome you here to Glasgow Grace. If you are new with us and you're a guest with us for the first time, especially a warm welcome to you guys. Uh, I imagine some of you are here simply because you were invited either by Amber or Lily and you think, actually I would just love to support them, feel it's the right thing to do. And so now you're getting ready, I imagine, um, for this part, the talk, and uh, this kind of necessary sales pitch you usually try to avoid when you can. I took out life insurance for Lindsay and I uh, from Vitality around the time that Finley, our second, was born. And uh, ever since, they have been trying to upsell me. They say something like this, you're already living a healthy life. Just upload our app and record all your good habits and record what you do at the gym and what you eat and we will reward you with a higher level of health insurance. And you may even get a few gifts like an Apple Watch thrown in. Now it does all sound very tempting. Not for me, especially when I'm married to someone who works for the health service. Now maybe your view though of Christianity is actually not totally dissimilar to the purchase of medical insurance from Vitality. You decide to become a Christian, sign up at the end of the pitch, be a decent person and deny yourself a few pleasures, be good and keep up this kind of healthy lifestyle. And number three, go to heaven when you die, get the benefits when it all goes wrong. That's kind of your view on what Christianity is. Now in the same way that I don't know the directors of Vitality or even the salesperson who is on the phone to me um, trying to sell me this product, the Christian Christianity on offer here kind of just feels mechanical, doesn't it? Feels like a set of beliefs detached from a distant God who in the end gives you what you need based on good behavior. But let me tell you, that's not our pitch. As we heard from Amber and Lily, that view of Christian faith is not what the Bible teaches and it is not our experience. If you have a Bible with you, can I encourage you to turn to 1 John chapter 3. It's near the end of the Bible. It comes after 1 and 2 Peter. And if you have a phone with you, you can always Google it. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that even but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. Wonderful. Thank you so much. What a sport. Doing that right off the bat. Thank you so much. That first word of the chapter, see or behold, literally that's what it's translated, behold, 
John wants us to not only understand, but to witness, to experience, to open our eyes to the implications of what it now means to be a Christian. In chapters 1 and 2, John has been showing us time and time again that God is both light and love. Now that's really important. He's not just light and he's not just love, he is light and love. Because God is light, he cannot help but shine into the darkness of the world and shine his light on us. But because he is love, he cannot help love wherever his light shines. Where his light is, his love is. God has shone into the world. Behold what God's love is really like. He doesn't want the words about God's love just to wash over us here without us being affected by it, without it changing us profoundly. God lavished, John says, his love on us. God is not giving us a theoretical love. It's not an insurance deal. But he gives, showers his love on us with abundant generosity. Not only is God guaranteeing people entrance to heaven in the future, he is bringing people into his love today. Did you hear some of that heartfelt testimony earlier? It's because they're in a relationship with God. The love he brings us into is a love unlike any other love we have known. As a church, we've been working through John's Gospel. And at the beginning of John's Gospel, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word, what, and the word is God. Let me say that again. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word is God. And then it goes on to say that the word dwelt among us. Now at the beginning of this letter, John, same writer, says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. These apostles had seen, touched, scars of the resurrected Christ. They had experienced it. But you can also experience his love today by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word is Jesus, and Jesus has always been with God, and Jesus is God. And that the relationship of God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit is an eternal relationship. It is actually the source of life. It's the source of joy. It's the source of happiness. It's why we all have this great desire to be happy in community because there is this happy community that has existed since eternity past and will exist into eternity future. And we were made in his image and by being made in his image, we have these desires to be able to live like that with this love that we were made to live in. To walk with love as Adam and Eve did in the garden. God has given us a new beginning. Because we know sadly that that is not what the world looks like. Relationships are broken. Love isn't what it should be. Life is messy. It's hard to really connect with who we truly are. 
feels distant. God can feel distant. We can feel distant from one another even when we really love each other. And God has given us this new beginning through Jesus. Because Jesus came from the glory of heaven. He laid down his glory to come and be amongst us and to be emptied on the cross so that we could be filled, so that we could enjoy God. He came to shine the love of God into our lives. Jesus came from the glory of heaven and the eternal love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be with us. That's why Jesus prays these words in the Garden of Gethsemane, just hours, knowing what's coming, just hours before he is arrested and then killed. Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. (laughs) Do you see this? The glory of the cosmos is this relationship in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit. And Jesus leaves heaven on this great mission out of his great love for us and shines this light into the darkness so that you can know this glory too. So that you can know God You can have a relationship with him. And in that, you can find your true purpose and joy. It begins now, but one day it will be perfect. And you will get to be with him forever. To be a Christian is to know God as his son or daughter. (laughs) This love doesn't just extend outside of the household. It's not just like Father, Son, and Spirit are now enjoying what it is to be in their home, in the home of God, in the household of God, and they love you, but you're outside the house. You're far off, you're distant. And so, you know, you come for dinner every so often. Um, Maybe they come and see you from time to time. But actually, in the end, You don't really live in that household. No, no, not with God. You become children of God, dependent upon him. We come to the table to eat. We are cared for by him. We get to enjoy him. Behold your father. Behold, you are his son. Behold, you are his daughter. One dark November evening when I was about eight years old, I remember getting into a raging strop. There was a grave injustice going on in our house. My older siblings had been allowed to stay up late to watch the video that we had rented from Ritz. Ritz was before Blockbuster. Blockbuster bought Ritz, just in case you wondered. If you don't know what Blockbuster is, Do you remember VHS? Have you seen pictures of VHS tapes? (laughs) We used to watch those Friday and Saturday nights 
and uh, you would go around the video shop. And the video shop was a fascinating place because you would go around and it was just like a sea of yellow, or when it became Blockbuster, a sea of blue. And you had to look carefully <laughs> at the titles and try and work out what this film might be about. And you'd have a debate with your family about which one to rent, and uh, then you would rent it and go home and, and watch it. And not only was I, I mean, this is terrible really, isn't it? What a poor child. Not only was I having to go to bed at my bedtime, um, I was going to miss out on popcorn too. I mean, I was just raging. So I decided to run away from home. <laughs> a reasonable response, I felt. I packed my bag, I put on my shoes, I even opened the downstairs window and looked out at the cold, wet Glasgow night. I'd have realised that this freedom out there really wasn't that great after I'm sure about one block of getting wet and lonely and wondering what earth I'm going to do with myself all night. And I think there would have been a bit of a flaw in my plan anyway because actually I couldn't get back in that window, it was too high for me. So anyway, I wimped out. I would have had to walk back around to the front of the house to get back in, pressed on the doorbell, waited for my mum and dad to answer it. Now, I don't really know what my mum or dad would have done when they put on the hall light and saw me there. Maybe they'd go through me for being a wee melodramatic so-and-so. But I think, actually, they would have had compassion. Picked me up, gave me a hug, reminded me that home was with them. When we realise it's really not that great out there without God, and we turn up knocking on his door, ringing his doorbell, he turns on the light, he looks us in the eye, and he picks us up. Just as we are, without any need to do a thing. He embraces us as his son or his daughter. He takes us in from the darkness and into the light, out of the cold and lonely night and into his loving arms. That is the God who Lily and Amber have met. Christian faith is not simply to know about God, but to know God himself, to enjoy God. It's not just a set of beliefs about God. It's that the truths about God are made real to us in a close relationship with God. As he bursts into our darkness and mess with his light and love. Christianity is no insurance policy. It is to walk with God who made us and who is pouring out, lavishing his grace and his love on us. And let me just emphasize that word. We're called Glasgow Grace for a reason because every time we meet together, we want to remind one another that we don't earn God's love. He's done it all for us. That's why, he went to the, that's why Jesus went to the cross. Because you couldn't do it. Lily articulated that so well earlier. Amber too, both of them did. Justice, realization, can't save ourselves. We're not able. 
will never reach life as it's supposed to be unless we put our trust and our hope in Jesus. You often hear about how Christians, or you often hear Christians talk about how the angels in heaven are rejoicing over one person who comes to faith. But that's actually a quote from Jesus in Luke 15, where he tells the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin. What he actually says is that there is joy or rejoicing before the angels over one sinner who repents. Did you catch that word? Before the angels, not the angels themselves, but before the angels. Who is before the angels in heaven? God. It is God who is rejoicing. There's a party in heaven over Amber and over Lily and over you, for those of you who have put your trust and your faith in him. And it's not just the angels, it's God himself. He rejoices over you. That's why we began with those words from Zephaniah at the beginning of this meeting. He sings over you, he delights over you, he rejoices over you. He is partying that you have come into the household of God. He's rejoicing and God is full of joy because you have become his adopted son or daughter. And if you are still to do that, he is inviting you, you know. There's an open invitation to come and receive this life. To come into the household of God and be loved unconditionally. No longer needing to earn or prove yourself, but just to come in and be loved right now. If that's you, we're going to have some opportunities for prayer later on. And I would just encourage you, keep thinking through this. Watch the baptisms. Do what Lily said. Go to the source. Would you pray to him? Would you ask him? Jesus, if you're there, would you show me that it's real today? That you're real, that you're alive? This is not just theoretical. We're not just called children of God. We are children of God.